Attention parents and grandparents. The world's greatest children's book author, Brian D. McClure, brings you two books, The Raindrop and The Sun and the Moon, both available at Amazon.com and UniversalFlag.com. The entire family has been waiting for these books. Buy both The Raindrop and The Sun and the Moon by Brian D. McClure, and your children and grandchildren will be inspired, entertained, and educated by the messages and illustrations contained within. For more information, go to www.universalflag.com. The universal flag is a symbol that represents our global community, transcending differences while honoring the uniqueness and commonality of all people. The Universal Flag companies have reached out to over 67 countries because half our world, 3 billion people, live on less than a dollar a day. Brian D. McClure's mission is to spread this symbol globally to inspire and give hope to people in need. Make a donation today to the people who need it most. Help global empowerment prosper through the Universal Flag companies and make a donation now. For more information, go to www.universalflag.com. That's universalflag.com. Good day and welcome to A Call to Consciousness with author and host Brian McClure. Brian and his guests share their personal stories to empower you in knowing that you too are the difference makers in our world. Now, here's your host, Brian McClure. Hello, this is your host, Brian McClure, and welcome to A Call to Consciousness. This show is brought to you by the Universal Flag Companies. The universal flag and symbol represents the oneness of everyone and everything. This past week, the 10th annual Global March Against Child Labor took place in over 140 countries. This movement was born out of the hope and the need felt by thousands of people across the globe and the desire to set children free from servitude. The International Labor Organization has estimated that 218 million children between the ages of 5 and 17 work in developing countries. Many work long hours, often in dangerous and unhealthy conditions, and are exposed to lasting physical and psychological harm. Denied an education and a normal childhood, some children are confined and beaten, reduced to slavery. Some are denied freedom of movement, the right to leave the workplace and go home to their families. Some are abducted and forced to work. The human rights abuses in these practices are clear and acute. Kailash Sati, the founder and chairperson of the Global March Against Child Labor out of New Delhi, says, It is only education which provides a weapon, a hand with power and a mind with intelligence, to break the vicious circle of exploitation and injustice. This movement is part and parcel to the universal flag. Our world will change in an instant when each of us remembers the oneness of everyone and everything, when we remember that whatever suffering goes on anywhere in the world affects us all. Please join the thousands of others around the globe and display your universal flag or symbol. Be the change that we wish to see in our world. For more information, you can visit the Universal Flag 
at universalflag.org. And speaking of a call to consciousness, tonight we are very pleased to have as our guest, Daniel Brinkley. Daniel is an international best-selling author and lecturer. He has survived insurmountable odds, including two lightning strikes, open-heart surgery, brain surgery, and a massive grand mal seizure. Many say that Mr. Brinkley is truly one of the world's most incredible near-death survivors. He has appeared on national television and radio shows, including Larry King, Oprah, Dateline, A Call to Consciousness, and too many others to mention. His first best-selling book, Saved by the Light, has been translated into 26 languages and ultimately was made into a movie. While his personal journey of dying one time and having two near-death experiences and coming back is overwhelming in itself, the thing that really stands out about Danyan is his personal call to consciousness. After those near-death experiences, he has come back to be of service to others. He is one of the early crusaders of hospice and palliative care, bringing the topic of end-of-life care to the forefront of discussion and education in America. He created a nonprofit organization, the Twilight Brigade, which brings reassurance and human companionship to the dying. The Twilight Brigade is compassion in action. Danning has been a hospice volunteer for over 30 years and has personally spent over 26,000 hours with the dying. He has been with hundreds as they have made their transition from this world to the next. Among the many honors that Danning has received is the President's Lifetime Achievement Award for Outstanding volunteer service. The good news for all of us who hear Danian's story, there is no such thing as death. Danian, welcome to the show. Uh, Brian, I'm pretty overwhelmed. That's pretty good, wasn't it? That was absolutely fabulous. (laughs) Great cadence, great timing, great impact. Are you a link to Danian? I think I'm a link. I must be a link. Well, yeah, if you're not, then it has to happen. <laughs> we'll get that done. No, you know, let's Daniel, make that happen. That was terrific, Brian. I commend you. Before we start talking about the Twilight Brigade and, and what you're up to presently, you know what I would really love for the listeners to hear about your background, where you came from, and, and what was, life was like for you growing up. Well, I grew up in, I was born in South Carolina, and I grew up in South Carolina. You know, everybody goes to hell where I came from. (laughs) So in the religious background of all of that, I had the Southern fundamentalist, not radical, but still fundamentalist mindset in the 50s and 60s and 70s. So I'd never heard of the near-death experience, and Raymond Moody had not written his book. His book wasn't published when all this happened, so the thing that happened to me, Brian, really didn't have a name. I was 25 years old. I played sports, you know, all the way through life, then the Marine Corps, and then out of the Marine Corps. I would keep fit and keep conscious about taking care of myself and being a tough guy, you know, growing up basically (laughs) as a jerk. Well, you know, that's just what I was, and I haven't gotten completely rid of that personality to this day, but I've reduced it by 90%. And so I never had a conscious thought about any of this, and I never would have believed it anyway. Mm-hmm. It just was no framework for me to accept it in South Carolina in 1975. Then I'm struck by lightning while talking on the telephone, and it goes down my spine. It wells the nails of the heels of my shoes because I had bass weegins onto the nails in the floor, which grounded. It welded the nails of the heels of the shoes into the nails in the floor, and it threw me in the air, suspended me in the air, and then slammed me back down on the bed. Well, I'm trying to figure out what had happened to me. 
I'm burning and I'm on fire and I can't move and I'm paralyzed and the ball of fire that came through the room, it burnt my eyes so bad and I don't have any consciousness of what this is and I can't move to get to a corner to protect myself and then all of a sudden I'm out of my body Mm -hmm. and I'm comfortable. You don't breathe anymore, you pulse. You know, here we breathe. The first thing I noticed over there was there's no breathing mechanism. You're pulsing. That means you're an energetic being. You know, it's a pulse. You know, and I never paid much attention if the pulse moved like heartbeat when you move someplace or going down the tunnel or anything like that. I never thought about that, but I knew it was a pulse, and I was safe. No matter what else had happened, there was no pain, and my eyes didn't burn, and I could move. But I had a different focal point. It was I was I was a I had become an observer. I was no longer a participant. I was an observer in this and I looked around the room and I could see that everything in that room had an energy field or a life energy around it, mostly the plants, and it was rare to watch the plants. I could tell they were caring about me. Those plants in that room were caring about me. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the science behind it now from studying the the guy who invented the uh, lie detector. Okay, and so I paid attention to that, and then these chimes, and then down this tunnel. But in the course of this, I was dead for 28 minutes, Brian. I was completely paralyzed for six days, partially paralyzed for seven months. It took me two years to learn to walk and feed myself. Now, I heard that you woke up in the morgue. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so they I, pronounced I, you dead. Yeah, the last thing I remember was when the paramedics came and they loaded me in the ambulance. And I'm in the ambulance and the guy's talking really on these headsets. And they're talking about adrenaline and I'm losing him, I'm losing him. And then I heard he's gone. And then I'm down the tunnel. I mean, that was the last thing I remember and until I woke up looking at a sheet. And For those had, of... For those of you who don't know, Danian is is no small guy. He's six foot four, and what do you weigh? About two hundred and forty pounds. Yeah, about two forty. Tough guy, football player, fighter in the Marines. Was your first response to uh, uh, you swing first and figure out what to do second at that time? No, you hit him hard twice. <laughs> there you go. And you and by the time you hit him the second time, you would have already figured out what to do next. So what happened when you went down that tunnel? Oh, it's amazing. It was like a peeling away an onion. Uh, the layers of me, I could feel myself lightening and been becoming more more lucid. And then coming to this <clears throat> this place of bright, bre- bright, brilliant, beautiful light, and it was silvery, and it it had consciousness. You know, it wasn't just a mist or a form. It was. I didn't understand the consciousness, but the nature of you, when a person gets to the end of the tunnel, Brian, they're not just Daniel or Brian anymore. They're greater than that. There is a different you that sheds all the social psychological natures and profiles and conjective uh, psychologies that we formulate our personalities by. Most of those are gone. You're still you, but you're not you as critically amassed in perspective. You're more of an observer. You're not a participant anymore. And then this being of light. And 
You can tell I've had 33 years to think about this, huh? <laughs> well, and a few more experiences. Well, after that, and exploring the realms of the other side and realizing no one ever dies, and seeing these places that I called Crystal Cities and all this knowledge and information that's over there, and for a very uh, informationally obsessed person, you know, I'm a data freak, and for a person like that, there was no better place anyone could ever want to be. <laughs> and so the next thing I know, I'm roaming these realms and seeing these things and what we would call visions now, but reality, like there is no time-space differentium. There is no past or future. There's only the present. And it's a startling realization when you realize that no matter what, there is only the present. All we have is right now. Yesterday is only a memory and tomorrow is only a dream. And it changed me. No matter whether I was coming back or not, that one point automatically changed me because I knew it to be the absolute truth. Okay, now, then, who did you see when you first were taken? Did you have a guide come to you? Well, it's like everybody. You see this bright, brilliant, beautiful being of light. Jesus, Muhammad, Buddha, Allah, you know, Krishna. Everybody has a name for it. But that being is really you. Mm-hmm. You're really that being. You know, and the moment that you realize how that operates, because it drove me crazy for years <clears throat> trying to figure out, I knew that was me. <laughs> you know, that was a Buddha, Jesus. That was a higher part of me that was making its way back to connect to this this personality or this person that I had become. And it was coming to be there with me as I worked through the process of what we call this next life. Mm-hmm. Now, people can call that anything they want, Brian. But I've been through two more of these experiences since then. And they were Bush League compared to being struck by lightning. <laughs> open heart surgery and brain surgery. And in the brain, open heart surgery, they gave me nine months to live. In open heart surgery, they gave me a eight, I mean, in brain surgery, they gave me an 8% chance of survival. And then I had a massive grand mal seizure and went into neural cardiac arrest. And so I, you had two more experiences with yeah. the tunnel. Yeah, and the being of light. Now, tell us about... I'm getting to be a good friend of myself. A- absolutely. Tell us about your panoramic life review. Tell tell the people about the review that we all get. Well, the, to me, Brian, the most important part of the near-death experience, <clears throat> because there is a life after death, and it's a magnificent and wonderful place, and you chose to come here, and you were chosen to come here. But all that's going to be over there no matter what we think as we listen to me today and we listen to you today. No matter what you think, that's still what it is. And it's going to be over there, and it's been over there every time I've been over there. (laughs) And I have 26,000 hours at the bedside, and I study death right up in its face. I've been with 369 people taking their last breath and more than 1,800 within days and hours of when they would leave this world. And I study it from that point, and I have a I've really structured a study based on doing this for 30 years. It's not much about death. I don't know or understand, no matter where you want to go with it. I got a grip on it because I live and watch it every day. Mm-hmm. My, my youngest was eight years old. My oldest was 106. So in that time frame, I have a good grip on it. So when you get there and you realize that the being, once that being, you realize it's you, mm-hmm. and it's you walking yourself through it, that great book of judgment, the Hall of Records, um, uh, where all things are written, Akashic Records. There's all kind of names for this. 
I just named it the panoramic life review. You see your entire life pass before you in a 360-degree panorama, and you watch it from a second-person point of view as if you were your best friend. And then you literally become every person you've ever encountered, and you feel the direct results of your interaction between you and that person. So what you realize is I think the next most startling thing I realized, other than there was no time and space, was I've been hitting myself in the face for probably 25 years. (laughs) And we're talking with everyone Uh, that's ever come into your life, the doctor that, that brought you into the world. Same, same, and just like you said earlier, when you were doing, when you were doing your homily, which was brilliant. Let me commend you. Everything you do, everything we do, affects everybody else. This conversation is affecting people who will never hear it, and I hope it's for the good, and hope it brings strength to their hearts and help them who are getting through grief and trauma, bereavement, understand that this is just one part of life, and we see everybody again. There's no question about any of that. I've studied this and had people been resuscitated, ask them the questions. They have no earthly idea because it never was a part of the dialogue until that moment came when they resuscitated them and they came back. And then I would ask the questions. Well, those people, since I'm there with them, Brian, Mm -hmm. and I'm dying with them, and it's my dime and it's my time and my dime, there's a different quality of the relationship between me and those people, and they tell me the truth. So I can listen to what people say, and I can listen to theories and, you know, what everybody says. But until you're there every day dealing with it from that point, you never really know. So people can trust the fact that I do really know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about death. We must remember the panoramic life review gives you the meaning and purpose of life. If you look at the panoramic life review, being every person and watching it as if you were, were as if you were the observer of it, paying attention, then what happens is you realize that you chose to see yourself from a certain perspective in a world you created. Mm-hmm. You created the world that you're living in, and there's nobody else to blame. It's you who did this, and you use things to focus on in points of view, but it was you. Well, the life that you're living is the one you created. I realize it and change all the time because I get slack like other people or I get off on some tangent. <laughs> but but it's the key. You know, I'm a very everyday person. I don't, I don't have any woo-woo about me because I've been through this experience and I've studied it more than anything else in my life. I'm very comfortable with all the aspects. But what happens with this panoramic life of you is the system of judgment, Brian. Mm-hmm. This is the kicker, because when it comes time to judge senior life past before you, watching it as if you were your best friend, and then literally being everybody else, feel, feeling the, the direct results, whether it was good or bad, and most of mine was just being a prick. <laughs> you know, I had to feel the damage, that the bulking, just what I was. You know, it's horrible. But I had to feel all that. But the system of judgment... If God couldn't come today and God sent you, in the life you just lived, what difference did God make or what difference, what difference did divinity make? Mm-hmm. Right there is the story. People That's... came to live on this earth because they wanted to see themselves through the eyes of God. That is the entire story. We, we are that divine being, that divine presence, and, and we've masked it, we've forgotten it. 
a few people are lucky enough to find out and bring back the information to remind us. And, and, and we spend all of our time here remembering the truth of who we are, the oneness of everyone and everything. How to appreciate it. I mean, there is nothing anybody can do about not being a great, powerful, and mighty spiritual being with dignity, direction, and purpose, Brian. There is nothing. This is who you are. This is who you were before you came here. This is who you'll be while you're here. And this is who you will be when you leave here. And you will be that forever. Mm-hmm. Okay? So the moment that you have to get used to that, <laughs> this is what the near-death experience does. It tells you to shut up. And all that bull that most people think and believe, it's nonsense. It's nonsense. Okay? <laughs> Daniel, were you surprised that after you felt what it felt like the first time that you died and you, you had all of the people, you didn't live maybe in the best way, uh, were well, you surprised? I was having fun. <laughs> you were. <laughs> were you surprised at the lack of judgment from the, from the other side? You know, you judge yourself, but beyond that, the, the complete unconditional love and joy that exists. Well, the first thing a person better pay attention is judging themselves because they are more critical than God can ever be. Mm-hmm. And they are more observant and they are more um, present in their own stuff. There's no question about it. So, I mean, I'd rather God had been there. <laughs> I mean, if I was going to get judged compared to the times that I've had to do it, it wouldn't have matter. I would much have preferred that God was there. So where did you go after your life review? Well, first, as you deal with your life review, you realize that what you have to focus on is how much kindness and service you put into the life you live. It's in the story. There's no more talking about it. The panoramic life review teaches exactly this. How much love, if, if the divinity could not come today and it sent you, in the life you just reviewed, what difference did divinity make? Then you better spend your time from that moment on how to avoid things that you were my normal personality and how to focus on things that were about service. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the whole purpose that led me to hospice. Because when I came back to this world and after lying in that bed for two years and wetting myself and falling against the wall and blacking out and not knowing who people were and couldn't walk and fall over in my soup and it was horrible. You know, the thing that you learned is that when my life passes before me, it wants to be kindness. It wants to be about a loving support that I could bring to consciousness. And then why I went to hospice is I thought, I said, look, in my whole life as Daniel Brinkley, not the monster or the whatever it is I've become, you know, and because I'm not afraid of death and I fight for the rights of people, I fight the government and I fight hospitals and I fight health care systems and I don't care who it is, I fight for the rights of the dying. And this is what I do every single day of my life. Well, what I could do in my life, just as a person, I knew what was next. I knew. And I had no doubts about it, and I understood what the deal was. The worst place in the world right now in Western consciousness, Brian, even not as bad as uh, child slavery. You know, I'm not not going because everybody's going to die, but everybody doesn't have to be a child slave. Mm-hmm. Okay, two completely different worlds, but it's what people set their paradigm and their values on. The the worst thing that I think that's going on in spirituality 
is that time from the time you know you're going to die and the the energy and interaction that goes on between you and your family, your friends and your life, and the conversations and dialogue that goes on there, I think, are sins. Seventy-two percent of all people don't talk about death. All family members don't talk about death until someone dies, and then they spend less than 45 minutes in it. So you come to death so many weird ways, mm-hmm. and you come with so many paradigm protocols and disease-driven save you, palliative, or hospice. Okay, and this is how you come to it. So I knew that I could make a difference in that particular place at that particular point in my history because I know what you're going to go through, and I know you need closure because you're going to be okay when you lift out of your body and relatives come to get you and you go down the tunnel and you deal with your own issues and your own stuff. I didn't cause any of that. You deal with your own issues, your own stuff. But there is a missing link in in our spiritual consciousness when death comes to be the paradigm or what we're talking about. I set to change that. You know what, Daniel? I know what you're talking about. When my father, uh, who uh, spent his last two weeks in uh, a veteran's hospital, uh, fortunately he had myself and my family there who were very conscious so we could spend time and we could talk about transition and we knew what was on the other side. But the thing that really came to light for me were the literally hundreds and thousands of other people in that facility that had no one coming to visit them. Well, exactly. That's why I the Twilight Brigade. Exactly what you're talking about. Tell us about the Twilight Brigade and how that how that thought came to you. Well, I started with AIDS kids, and I've been through. I've gone through one of these near death experiences. Okay, and then came and then came a revelation one day. I was at, taking my dad to the VA, and um, because he was a disabled World War II veteran. And there was a, a, a building or a room or a, a corridor that no one would go near, and you'd have to suit up, and you had to put on all this stuff and you and to go in to visit whoever was, who was in there. So I started asking, who was this? And it was 1984, and it was some AIDS guys, some guys in the Navy who had gotten AIDS, and they were at the Navy Hospital in Charleston. And I said, well, hell. And in 1984, people thought you got AIDS if you walked on the other side of the street from the place. And so I started to go and see them while my dad was going to see his doctors. And it just became um, an obsession. Mm -hmm. These people needed a friend worse than anybody, and they were so humiliated, and they were so... You know, the families, and nobody would come to see them, and they felt so much shame and all these emotions, Brian, you know. And here comes this big hulking jerk. Hey, guys, what's going on? And talk, and I'd smuggle them in chocolate. And, you know, we got to be friends, and some of them I would call their parents for them because they just couldn't do it. And the parents, you know, this is the South, man. And I just... I grew in leaps and bounds and what really matters to a person who's dying and why they're dying and the fact that what their life review is. So I figured if I wanted the best life review and God couldn't come today, I figured God had sent me to visit these veterans. Mm-hmm. And I always look for AIDS patients, guys with AIDS, because I have a rapport with them and can talk with them. And they can they can they don't have to hide from telling me whatever it is they want to talk about there to help them find closure and then talking to family members you know family members 
are just as upset about being left as they are hoping what's best for that person who's in transition. You know, we're all selfish, Brian. Mm-hmm. And so I, there had to be a way that you could create a place for people to find a comfort zone. And that's what I created, the Twilight Brigade. I had a group of friends, and I, and I wanted to in, in, put into a training all the secrets that I had learned in 22 years of studying death. You know, I'd already had a second near-death experience in the brains. I mean, in the open heart surgery, mm-hmm. and it was just as wild as the first one. <laughs> but it made you know what? I want to talk about that. We have to take a quick break here. Our guest today is uh, Daniel Brinkley. We're going to be right back after this break, and we're going to talk about the Twilight Brigade. Stay tuned. Attention parents and grandparents. The world's greatest children's book author, Brian D. McClure, brings you two books, The Raindrop and The Sun and the Moon, both available at Amazon.com and UniversalFlag.com. The entire family has been waiting for these books. Buy both The Raindrop and The Sun and the Moon by Brian D. McClure, and your children and grandchildren will be inspired, entertained, and educated by the messages and illustrations contained within. For more information, go to www.universalflag.com. The universal flag is a symbol that represents our global community, transcending differences while honoring the uniqueness and commonality of all people. The universal flag companies have reached out to over 67 countries because half our world, 3 billion people, live on less than a dollar a day. Brian D. McClure's mission is to spread this symbol globally to inspire and give hope to people in need. Make a donation today to the people who need it most. Help global empowerment prosper through the Universal Flag Companies and make a donation now. For more information, go to www.universalflag.com. That's universalflag.com. Hi, this is Brian McClure, and we're back with Daniel Brinkley. Daniel, just before the break, you were telling us about the Twilight Brigade, and I'm interested in how you funded this into a national movement. Well, first, let me make sure that you send me, uh, since I don't have a pen or a piece of paper, could you send to Twin Souls that donation link? The Twin Souls, that donation link. What's yeah, the pitch that was, you know, the commercial that was just on. You speak really great Southern. (laughs) There you go. Man, that was great. But I didn't have the link www.something so people could make a donation because uh, you've inspired me to make a donation. You know what? I'm not sure what that link was because I wasn't listening. Is it? Okay, well, that's your problem. (laughs) That's not my problem. (laughs) (laughs) I'll get it, though. Yeah, that's all that matters to me. You know, this being Southern, Brian, what makes a good old country boy who's been dead two or three times, he pays attention to what matters. You know, I listen to what matters and what has value, and I contribute in myself and my heart when I believe in it. And I was remembering the, when you gave me the flag pin, mm-hmm. and I was thinking back through all those moments of how really cool you are, and 
how people support is they support each other, and you find a cause. So what I decided to do was to create a program that in, that incorporated all the stuff that I knew that's based on there's a life after death and to teach people how to be present and to lose the fear of death because it's not only helping that person who's in transition, but it's giving you the skills necessary to deal with the critical issue, death and dying, in your immediate family or in your immediate sphere of friends because you know what to do. Mm-hmm. So we began the Twilight Brigade and we all went to certain hospice programs and we watched and we saw how what they did and then we innovated and created and we most of the ones that I went to did not have near the kind of stuff necessary for a person who was dying to talk how to engage them so that they get a chance to talk through their issues mm-hmm they're too busy trying to keep from everybody know that they know they're dying and as much about they don't care what the weather is they got they have things they need to settle and talk and get off their chest and the systems that we use today woefully fail so we created the twilight brigade and we funded it from people mm-hmm. i mean people come to uh that's it's not a giant it's grown from four people to 5,000 people in 22 states, and it does. we do trainings all over America. How, right do people, how can people come to the Twilight Brigade? www.thetwilightbrigade.com or come to Danion.com and just go to the links because Twilight Brigade is the first link. And Danion is D-A-N-N-I-O-N. You know, I have, yeah, I have a split personality, but they're both public. I have Danion.com, which is just me and Catherine and the kids and whatever mood we happen to be in that month. <laughs> and then and then the Twilight Brigade is the sane side of me, is a side that's grounded and deals with death and dying issues. But, you know, everybody has a couple of personalities. I just keep mine public. So then come to Danion and go to the first link or go to the Twilight Brigade. And what it is is about an information resource. We're growing it now. Brian, because we're losing 62,000 veterans every 30 days and nearly 2 million Americans every year. And the process of of all of that and how people deal with it is the most horrendous thing we have going. It's like $8 a gallon gasoline in the most critical point in time in your life. Mm-hmm. And gasoline will get to be 5 or $6. So oh, I think we're almost there. Well, I mean, they'll roll it out as soon as um, – it's just watching George what George Bush's last rationale, I mean, in his own consciousness, what his last rationale and uh, Iran, you know, if he decides to attack Iran. Well, you know, inside of that we have a lot of placeholders, as you know, and uh, people who haven't quite remembered and – I guess the good news about our world is that the actions that we take can change our world. And for those who are waking up, um, we have that opportunity to help others to remember. And um, But wait a minute, Brian. You have to, um, in the whole world of people waking up, most people are comfortable with not waking up. That's true. You know, they, they, they all, they, they saw the, that Welcome to the Matrix Neo. I mean, you know, this world, we have to wake up now because we sit at a precipice of decision-making. 
And anyone who looks at the world today knows we're either going to have world war or we're going to have world peace. No more talking, no more poetry, no if and, none of that. It's all set. If you look at it from the book of Revelations and the the um, the in the New Testament and the Revelation of John and the, New, the Revelations in the New Testament. All those things are in play. If you look at it from Mayan philosophy and the Mayan calendar, all those things are in play with a numerical equatable position. So in in waking people up calmly, I don't wake them up calmly. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't do that. Here are the choices that you have to make in your life to secure my children. I don't care about me. I can take it. You cannot dish it out that I can't take it, no matter what the deal is. <laughs> nothing you can do. That's the end of that. There's nothing anybody's doing that's worrying me, and I got enough food and water. I pay attention. I pay my bills. I lower my debt. I watch how this world operates. But I have children and grandchildren. And now, you know, Daniel, you, you also were given some wonderful insights on the other side, too, weren't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, what made me famous, Brian, is the the boxes of knowledge. I didn't know what they were. I mean, go back to remember 25-year-old Daniel Brinkley. I didn't know what it was. It was just a part of the near-death experience. Mm-hmm. Okay, when I was sitting down and I met Raymond Moody, who originally wrote the first book and who, who coined the name uh, The Near-Death Experience, and I met Raymond, and I could trust him. He was so wonderful. And he didn't, he had a grip on what I was trying to understand, not try to tell anybody, but I was trying to understand it. Mm-hmm. I had nothing to relate to, Brian. Nothing. So tell us about the boxes of knowledge and some of the things that, that you know, all of a sudden you were given visions and things were coming true. Well, they were they were like little boxes, and I and I was like a little television screen, like a computer screen, and then all of a sudden I wasn't in the blue gray place, and I wasn't in the in the crystal city, the places where these beings of light were, and the city that was built out of like glass and it had an energy field about it, but like a cathedral, like an old cathedral. So I always thought that when the Bible, it said, when Jesus said, in my Father's house, there are many mansions, and I go to prepare a place for you, that was somebody who had had a near-death experience. Because I could see these crystal cities, and I just went to one particular one. Mm-hmm. But in there, there was these beings, and they would give me this information, and it was like a computer, like a laptop computer. And all of a sudden, I'd be in these events. And I could smell the smells, like one of the big ones was uh, Chernobyl, and but I didn't call it Chernobyl. I called it Wormwood, and it was uh, that the that it would be a nuclear explosion, and that it would be horrible, and it would kill a hundred thousand people, and it would set in motion another event, uh, much like it, mm-hmm. and. Um, and so it was Raymond who first saw those things start to happen because a lot of the first couple, Brian, I didn't put together. Mm-hmm. You know, I wrote the stuff down, but I was trying to find a life. You can't always just be dead, Brian. You have to eat, and you have, you have to eat, and you have to get up, and you have to walk, and you, you know, you have to make a living. You can't just always be dead. And the world doesn't center around you because you have been. I mean, it does in a certain way because I I was in the early days of this experience when Raymond first wrote his book and he was touring and the early researchers, some of the most brilliant minds ever. 
and by being around them and being a part of the movement to bring this consciousness forward, then I, a part of my life uh, has been in the center point of this, you know, but I have to have a job. The stuff that I do in the books that we write and the things that I market and sell in the near-death experience is what funds the Twilight Brigade, mm-hmm. you know, and then I have a job. I have a business, well, I have a couple of them that I run them. And so you can't always live in that, but it was it never went away. And through the years, these events would come true. And I can always remember the beings of light telling me that um, reality was not carved in stone, that the power of us, like what we were talking about, awakening and remembering who we are and remembering we wouldn't have chosen to be here at this particular time if we did not know we weren't the ones to change and make this difference. So this is what always gets me, Brian. What in the hell is wrong with everybody? Are they crazy? (laughs) We are the great, powerful, and mighty spiritual beings of dignity, direction, and purpose. We are here to help make the transition from one level of consciousness into another one. Okay? And I pretty much know when that moment will begin. The Mayans think it's in 2012. Okay? And when do you think it is? I think it's between... Um, February 2009 and May 10th, 2010. And is that because of some of the information that you gleaned from the other side? Yep. And well, Danian, you've been right on a lot of things, so I'm not missed, putting that out of my consciousness. I haven't missed one yet, Brian. I might have <laughs> missed it a year. Okay? I might have missed it a year. All right, through these years, but just like two, it was like nine eleven. Anyone who goes and reads my archives, I thought it would be uh, the twelfth or the thirteenth, but on September the first, I sent out a worldwide alert. I used to write these things called "All True Believers" mm-hmm. or "Defenders of the Faith." And I put out a worldwide alert, and I told everybody what was coming. I didn't literally say it, but if you go read what I wrote in the archives, I knew it. I had seen it. I didn't know what it was. The one that tripped me up mostly was Katrina, because one of the predictions that I said was that in the early this early period of time, America would go broke, that we would be completely broke, which is what we are right now. And nine trillion dollars in debt, and in the center of the of America, there would be a devastation. And I thought it was going to be an earthquake. And I look at Katrina, and that it would be what would expose America as broke as it is. And if you go to New Orleans now and you ride down through those through there, you see exactly what we have done, or what we've allowed to happen to our own people. I mean, it's amazing. It's bewildering today. <laughs> so when you when you think about it, I, I haven't missed. And I'll tell you what it's going to be. This is going to be really funny, Brian. Mm-hmm. Uh, HD television. Tell me about it. When the high def tel- television comes in, uh-huh. when you have to switch in February of 2009, right. it would take about a year. But as people begin to watch the interactive nature of high-definition television, Mm -hmm. it'll make it easier for spiritual beings to integrate. Analog is a tough vibratory harmonic. If you look at how energy works, because, you know, I've moved a lot past all that spiritual thinking stuff that that, um, 
that mythology about who we are. Mm-hmm. We are great, powerful, and mighty spiritual beings. We have dignity, we have direction, and we have purpose. End of story. No more talking. I don't care what you think. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, that's it. You know, and I will win this argument. No matter who you are, what you think, or what your mama told you, you will lose. Come on, get you some. Okay? And that's just how I, this touch my personality, Brian. And then you look at quantum. You look at the theoretical positioning of who we are. Then you understand, because I've been dead, dead people don't know I'm de- I've am i been dead, mm-hmm. so I can study the methodologies of how you have to change frequencies to return here. You have to slow your vibration down. You come from a high frequency in the heavens, you must slow your vib- vibration down. When you slow that vibration down, because of the Akashic records, your basic personality traits, not complete, but your basic personality traits, reform and you re-enter them. And then you can come and you can come through transmediums or through the radio, like electro voice phenomena, and these kinds of things. But, but when you go to digital, mm-hmm. from analog to digital, you can take a note a snap of the fingers and break it into a million components. Put the middle of the snap, put what's happened in the middle of that snap in a million pieces in the front, and put the front in the back so you get a better clarified snap. You can't do that with analog. So what will happen in that year, people will see their grandparents and stuff on the TV. There will be beings, you know, they're back. That's, <laughs> that's what's going to happen. That's going to be great. Yeah, I thought so. I, mean, I think it's going to be great for us. Now, a lot of people might be pretty pretty concerned about that. Well, you know, you're the one supposed to be telling them to wake up. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I have had I have had someone who has asked a question that that they've needed to know, and we have about a minute to break. But uh, I, I got this email to me. When people know that you're on, they start emailing me questions. They want to know what happens to the souls who have committed suicide. I can tell you, they usually rest. You never know what happens when a person commits suicide. And in life, Brian, and to the person who emailed us in, in life you have seven times you could possibly you have possibilities that you can leave. You know, you have you don't just come in and have to stick it out. You mm-hmm. have times that you leave, but you better have your good reason. But you never know why that person chose to take their life. And it's never what you do in life, it's why you did it. It's the intention. So when you get to the other side, usually they have this way station, a place where you get mad, everything's cool, and you rest. You slow down and you stop and you cleanse all that stuff out of you. Then you have the panoramic life of you so you can see everything. And the only really bad part is you get a chance to miss you get a chance to see what you what you missed and what you could have achieved. No, some people say you come back and you got to keep doing it right till you get it right. I don't believe that. I believe you can come back if that's what you choose to do because you see a better way to do it and to endure it. But that's not that's still a matter of choice. It's not a prerequisite. That's what I believe, Brian. That is great information. Danny, we have to take a quick break. And, you know, for all you listeners, we're going to take a few calls after the break. You can dial in at 877-520-1150. Again, that's 877-520-1150. Our guest today is Danny Brinkley. We'll be right back. And please call.
attention parents and grandparents. The world's greatest children's book author, Brian D. McClure, brings you two books, The Raindrop and The Sun and the Moon, both available at Amazon.com and UniversalFlag.com. The entire family has been waiting for these books. Buy both The Raindrop and The Sun and the Moon by Brian D. McClure, and your children and grandchildren will be inspired, entertained, and educated by the messages and illustrations contained within. For more information, go to www.universalflag.com. The universal flag is a symbol that represents our global community, transcending differences while honoring the uniqueness and commonality of all people. The Universal Flag companies have reached out to over 67 countries because half our world, 3 billion people, live on less than a dollar a day. Brian D. McClure's mission is to spread this symbol globally to inspire and give hope to people in need. Make a donation today to the people who need it most. Help global empowerment prosper through the Universal Flag companies and make a donation now. For more information, go to www.universalflag.com. That's universalflag.com. Hi, this is Brian McClure. We're back with Danian Brinkley. And Danian, it's universalflag.com, of course. <laughs> that's, the, that's the website you were talking about. See? Now email that to me. I will email that to you. My man. I will get right on it. You know, we have a, we have a caller on the line, and, and uh, you know her very well. And everyone else who's listening probably knows her. It's Washali. Washali, welcome to the show. Well, Washali's going to be on in two seconds. Hey, Washali. Wild men, woohoo! <laughs> We're so, great. Uh, I'd like to call Dan and Dan Demand. Dan Demand, I have so been enjoying this interview, but I, I felt completely remiss if I did not call up and say, not that I did not enjoy Say by the Light. A Peace in the Light and Secrets of the Light, because I did. I sleep with them under my pillow every night. But i got to tell you, sweetheart, you have not mentioned Jewels for the Soul yet, and I adore this book. I clutch it to my breast as if it were my firstborn. I refer to it every day, and I just felt I would be horribly remiss if I didn't call up and say, Dan man, we need to talk about Jewels for the Soul. <laughs> You were a star, Washali. And this is with my clothes on, yeah. I like that. <laughs> Danian, tell us about your new book. I think Danian might be off the line right now. Oh, Jewels for the Soul is actually by Catherine Brinkley. And she's written this exquisite book, Jewels for the Soul. And it allows you to kind of look at, use the book like a Tao Te Ching. And you open up the book in the morning or you thumb through it or however you discern what page you're going to give your attention to, you thumb through it, pick it up, whatever it is, and whatever your eye falls on, you will find that that little encapsulated piece of wisdom is really the most incredibly intuitive commentary on what this particular quality of this day is about for you. And I carry it with me. I consult it every day. You can get it on Danian's website. It's written by his wife. It's got a purple cover. It doesn't get better than that. 
but really. Did she consult you on that, Washali? No, she didn't, but I like a lot of girl-on-girl action, because you know me, I like to talk about spirituality in porno terms, so I had to get the girl-on-girl action there. But Daniel's uh, wife's book, Catherine Brinkley, Jewels for the Soul, Friends Don't Let Friends Go Into the Light Without Reading, Jewels for the Soul. Washali, thank you so much. And we will be... We will be talking to you in the very near future. Thanks for calling. Fabulous interview, honey. I'm going to uh, trust that you're going to get Dan DeMann back. He's I am sure he's on. Times. You know he's going to be back. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Michelle. Danny, are you back? I'm here. I like that. I'm sorry I missed Vashali. Well, you know what, Vashali had, she she reminded us of the book that your wife just wrote, and and she says that she sleeps with your books under her pillow, and that's where they should be. Everyone should get them. Go to Danian.com. And uh, I want to take uh, uh, Michelle on on line two. She would like you to clarify exactly what's going to happen in 2009. Michelle, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Oh, my gosh, I'm on. (laughs) Okay, what was the question? Well, my question was, you were saying that in 2009, um, stuff is going to happen, or like that transition of, you know, that they talk about in 2012 happening. And I've also heard other people like you uh, say that it's in 2009, not 2012. So you know other people like me? Um, <laughs> wow, that's I don't know anyone like you, Daniel. I don't know personally, but I've read and heard on one other radio show. I don't remember. It was a CD, someone like me, and um, she was talking about it, and I read some stuff. So, well, because here's what's going to happen, Michelle. I mean, this is the whole point. When we go to high-definition television, when everybody has to have HD TV, mm-hmm. it means that the way the signal is transmitted, which, you know, the signal comes to us, it'll be in a digital form. It'll be numbers. Mm-hmm. Whereas we're now at sound waves, frequency modulation for the picture and amplitude modulation for the sound, AM and FM. So what's going to happen is once all that signal comes in one digital direct, the spiritual universe of where we're supposed to go to based on the Mayan calendar, the opening up of consciousness, we will have a mechanism that we turn on every day that will show us the dimensional possibilities of who we can become. It will be absolutely magnificent. Because you'll be watching a show, and you'll be thinking about something on that show will make you think about a friend of yours that had passed on, or your grandparents, or something that reminded you growing up around a family reunion. And then all of a sudden, they're all on the television talking to you, because it'll be easier for them to get into that frequency uh, to to make themselves known in this in in this uh, state of consciousness or in this level of consciousness than ever before because of that. Daniel, we're going to uh, we're going to switch to one other caller Thanks, out Michelle. of out of uh, out of New Jersey, and uh, she has a real quick question. Uh, Phil, if we can switch to uh, line three. What's your name? Joanne. Hi, Danny, and this is Joanne in New Jersey. I love you. Hi, Joanne. And I love you more. <laughs> Don't you uh, love America, what we fight about? <laughs> America is broke. We know that. We know that there are um, companies that are trying very hard to empower people out there to uh, give them the funding that they need to um, move forward from 
foreclosure and homelessness and all of the things that are happening. That's the same as the 1980s. There's no different. It's the same as the 1980s SNL crisis. They, this happens about every 20 years. The next thing will be outraged inflation, which is what happened in the Jimmy Carter period, and the inflation rate, which brought about the SNL crisis, and they just recreate it. You can go this. You can check America's de- so-called recessions or depressions from back to the 1898 recession, and it's the exact same thing. Okay, so Joanne, thanks for your call. We've got to well, cut we, you off. She had a question, though. I know, but we're running out of time, Daniel. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, just tell her to Thanks, email. Joanne. Go to Daniel Brinkley and tell her to email the question to Twin Souls, and I'll get back to her. Thank you. Email Daniel. that question. Right. Thank you. Love you guys. Thank you. Daniel, thank, thank you, you so, so much, much for being our guest tonight. And, thank you for uh, having me, Brian. You know what? Keep up the great work that you're doing. We are looking forward to having you on many times in the future. Well, I've enjoyed this, and I look forward to it. And I'll have to call Vashali and thank her. I look forward to seeing you in the near future. What are you doing in the near future? Well, I'm working on a television show. I'm doing a television show, and we're doing a movie script. You know, the same thing I always do. I'm going to get more people to be less afraid of death. And when Saved by the Light first book came out and the movie came out, more than 29 million people watched this movie. So I decided I'd write another book. (laughs) I'd make a TV show and make another movie. Keep up the great work. Thanks much. Our guest tonight has been Daniel Brinkley. We appreciate you. We'll see you all next week on A Call to Consciousness. Love you too, Daniel. Still the most affordable, family fun vacation, it's in an RV. Right now, Orange County's largest RV shows at Mike Thompson's RV Superstores and savings are huge. Massive discounts with rock-bottom red tag prices. When you take that beach, mountain, desert vacation in a big 07 Outlaw toy hauler motorhome, Mike Thompson's going to rip $32,000 right off MSRP with zero down, not a penny out of pocket. How about an 08 Tioga, $3.99 a month, not a penny down. Or take that vacation in a new 24-foot, well-equipped Pioneer Travel Trailer, $119 a month, not a penny down. Seminars, access Reboots, free admission, free parking. Even a free barbecue with prizes and drawings. Save up to $53,000 off MSRP on your new RV at Orange County's largest RV show. Tell them where can. Mike Thompson's massive RV superstores five miles north of Orange County Airport between Brookhurst and Euclid on both sides of the 405. This is Orange County's largest RV show and you, you're going to save a fortune. Pioneer 19FQ model, 168 months, 7.75% APR, with $1,000 rebate is down. Tioga 22B model, zero down, 240 months, 6.75%. On approved credit, offer in 622. You did the right thing. For years, you paid for life insurance to make sure your growing family was taken care of. But if you're a senior 70 or older whose family has grown, it's time to stop paying for that expensive policy you no longer need and finally get paid back for being so responsible. You can get cash for your life insurance policy, probably more cash than you'd ever imagine. For free information to see how much money your policy may be worth, call Peachtree's Life Settlement Corporation now, 1-800-900-4131. Get the money you need to use however you like. Take a dream vacation, pay off your mortgage or medical bills, or put it into an investment that could earn you even more money. Stop paying for a life insurance policy you don't need. You deserve to be paid back for being so responsible. If you're 70 or older, get cash for your old life insurance policy. For your free information, call Peachtree now, 1-800-900-4131. That's 1-800-900-4131. 
1-800-900-4131. This is scary. I just heard that identity theft happens every two seconds. I'm not worried. But it happens to one in five families. I don't like those odds. Not worried. Not worried? Someone could drain your bank account or take out a loan in your kid's name. Still not worried. How are you not worried? Because we have trusted ID. They prevent identity theft from happening to us. How do they do that? They protect everything from our medical records to our social security numbers, bank accounts, and more. And they stop all those pre-approved credit offers from filling our mailbox. I called for a free trial to make sure our identities were completely covered. So you're not worried. Hey, I'm not worried. Prevent identity theft from happening to you with Trusted ID. For your free trial, call 1-800-900-8381. 1-800-900-8381. No one offers more comprehensive protection than Trusted ID. We're endorsed by leading financial experts, and we're backed by a million-dollar warranty. Don't worry. Call 1-800-900-8381. 1-800-900-8381. 1-800-900-8381. Bored with the same old summertime cookouts? Come to Benihana for our hibachi chicken summer treat. Include soup, salad, shrimp, chicken, vegetables, fried rice, and 